Mike one on. You're experiencing, oh, yeah, you're experiencing uh, the shit show right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys, it's great to be back at the How Conference. Uh, how has your guys at the How Conference been so far? Good, yeah. Good. Well, I, before we get started, I just want to share that uh, how special the connectedness of this conference is. I'm here with uh, a couple of dear friends I actually met at the How Conference, and then uh, should we bring Vaughn in? Yeah, I mean, we're missing. Can we person. bring Vaughn in? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I don't know if you guys know Vaughn Gusta. Vaughn is uh, uh, one of our uh, esteemed co-hosts, and he couldn't make it uh, for a variety of reasons. I won't tell you why, because it's embarrassing, but it's good <laughs> to have him here. And uh, if you listen to the show, you'll know that we... Um, <laughs> what is, he's got, that's good. That's good. You know that's coming. Um, nice. Nice. Uh, so my name is Justin Aarons. I've been... I've owned an uh, agency for over 22 years. I've been in the industry for almost 30 years. So I've uh, been around the block a bit. And then Karen, introduce yourself. I'm Karen Larson. I have um, been in the industry for 40-ish years. It's a competition. And um, self-employed for 30 years. And uh, yeah, and have been to how 20 plus years. Wow. Vonnie Bear, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I've been in the industry right around 35 years now, and it was Karen who actually invited me to the first How conference. Aw, love it. Hey, Vaughn, just so you know, you're not supposed to be eating stuff while we're doing the show. <laughs> this is embarrassing. People can see what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, inside joke. Yeah, it's inside joke. <laughs> Episode four. But just so you guys know, if you're doing Episode a podcast, four, you shouldn't chew food. It's, it's, it doesn't always work out. And then Jamie. Um, Jamie Saunders, I am um, not a designer. I'm a marketer and a writer, a content creator. I got 15 years, it's been more. It's I don't know what 15 to 20, I don't know. I'm yeah. getting old, I'm yeah. tired. It's been a long week, <laughs> we had a good time. <laughs> but uh, about 15 to 20 years in the industry, I come from corporate marketing. Um, so uh, that's kind of the work that we do now is with corporate marketers and, and entrepreneurs. And so. Yeah, so the last two years, We've been getting together as friends and having Zoom calls, I'm sure like many of you have had, and we would get together and often included some sort of adult beverage. And we just talked about the things that we're struggling with, you know, personally, professionally, and, you know, how we're navigating things from a business standpoint. And we started having kind of hilarious conversations about work and what we dealt with. And so welcome to our first ever live episode. And what we're going to do is we're going to get the show started. Karen, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Okay. Here you go. We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to have honest conversations about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. So let's get started on really, I think, the reason why we're here. Mm -hmm. And it's the connectedness. It, it, have you felt it this week? Oh I, I, I mean, part of the reason why Jamie is uh, tired, if I may say this, is because her liver's taken a punishment this week. <laughs> oi. And, and, uh, oi, uh, oi, my liver. So, <laughs> so what, is, what has it been about? 
for you being back in person at the Howe Conference? Yeah, so I'm the ultimate people person. I, the last two years have been a, a complete shit show for me, just struggling to make connections. I, I barely even used Zoom, I think, before the pandemic began, and then it became my everything. It was mm. the way I could connect with everybody and um, LinkedIn. I mean, honestly, I don't just plug LinkedIn in there, but I feel like- You getting paid for that? No, I'm not, I okay. should be, but we'll name drop them. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Um, no, but so for me, you know, it was a, a little bit of a struggle. And, and um, I think what made it really great is Karen and I um, are business partners now. We actually met at How Design Live in 2010 or 2011. It's debatable because we can't remember. It was a crazy night in Denver. And um, <laughs> we met uh, through Steve Gordon, who was a former Howie, if you guys uh, remember him. And, um, and we, then we figured out that we actually had mutual friends in Vaughn and Justin, and then it just it grew from there. Um, so this is a place of magic where you literally can talk to anyone, meet anybody. And the only thing that's holding you back if you're not doing that is you, because everybody here is open. Wow. So to get back to it, the connectedness, that's like true. I'm in my element. I love it here. That's great. And let's segue to making fun of Vaughn a little bit. Vaughn, <laughs> I miss you. Yeah. If you were here right now, we would, you know, be next to each other giggling, which is what we do when we're together. I don't know why that is. So Vaughn, what, what do you, how do you feel um, being the uh, one not here and missing out on all the fun? Um, I'm okay. I've, I've had a good time with Justin. <laughs> no, um, you know, as you're, you're talking there, I was thinking the first time I met you, Justin, was at a Howe conference in Atlanta. And I, it was the first time I spoke at the Howe conference and it just happened to be, um, I had met you like about an hour before that when Scott had lunch with you, invited me to go with him and you were there and that's how I met you. And um, so that's, that's been quite a while now, but uh, the very next Howe conference I went to, I hooked up with you, you were in the lobby at that time it sounded yeah, weird that you said we hooked yeah, up. I mean, like, you said we hooked up. Draw your own yeah, conclusion yeah. We there. We came together as friends. <laughs> yeah. And not there's anything wrong with that. That doesn't sound yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, you were there. Sorry, Vaughn. Bill Gardner's here. You know what happens. Oh, yeah. Out of control. Um, so basically, you were telling people about the, the trip you're going to take to Africa. And then you just pointed at me and said, would you want to go to that? And I said, sure, I'd, I'd do that. And so it, it, you're just, you, you've always been somebody who I've noticed will kind of draw up the best in other people. So I've always appreciated your friendship. Oh, nice. Wow. So Thank you. I will say for those of you that are here, you know, a lot of times when we were doing work at that time, uh, in Africa, everyone would say, hey, I'd want to go, you know, and it's not, it's not easy to go. You have to raise money to go. And it's hard on, on you as a, just a person because you're in a different context. And I think it's also great for you as a person. And when Vaughn uh, said that, and I've said this, I've told this story a bunch of times, I was walking away thinking, yeah, right. He's not going to go. He's not going to raise the money. want to do it or whatever else. And we had like eight people in our group and Vaughn was the first one to raise his money. And then uh, I realized when we landed in Kenya and I only knew conference Vaughn. I didn't know Vaughn outside of the How conference. So it was really kind of wild to be together on that adventure. And just so you never know about 
about conferences like this, right? Get out of your comfort zone and meet somebody. I met so many people last night at the bar, thanks to uh, Keith always kind of organizing uh, the rally train. Um, it's not always good for me um, from a health standpoint, but I appreciate it. So what else about being together, you know, what does that do for your work, you know, from a, from a design standpoint, what is coming together as a group done for you all professionally? Well, Karen and I, uh, like I said, we met like 10 or 11 years ago. And then, um, so she's um, branding and, and design. And then I do the content marketing and communications. And all of a sudden when the world kind of came to a halt, everybody went online and it became this influx of business. It was crazy. I'd been in business for three years at that point in time. And every one of my clients was like, can you write like 1500 blog articles for us, you know, in like the next two weeks. And I was panicking, but then it was a lot. It was, it's an exaggeration. I do that, but it was definitely like a lot. But then all of a sudden in our little separate girl shit show call that we had, Karen and I um, were on a zoom and we started talking about, she's getting requests for writing. And she's like, I don't want to write. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, I'm getting requests for design. And we had the whole kit and caboodle and we just looked at each other and we were like, I'm going to say it, fuck it. We were like, let's do this. We're going to just keep our side businesses because we each have you know, clients in that manner that we were working with. And then when we came together as um, partners, I mean, we grew our business in, in the last two years up 30%. We just looked at our numbers and it is like incredible when you find that partnership mm. that's really brings out the best in you. Um, it's amazing. And so that's, you know, my that's pandemic great. story. There was a lot of sad in between there and crying. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we can but move it, beyond that, right? But it's awesome, you yeah. know, now we've yeah. worked through it and now we're all closer and we're doing this show. Yeah. yeah. So it's been amazing. Vaughn, do you want to add or Karen, you want to add anything to that before we try something new here? Um, no, no, go ahead. I think Jamie, I think Jamie hit it on the head. I mean, I think the connections that we've made at Howe have, you know, have changed all our lives. And um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, here's another thing that has been really uh, pretty spectacular. And so Bill Gardner's here in the crowd. Uh, Carlene here's in the crowd, Keith's here in the crowd, a lot of these people, these two, Vaughn, when I've had challenges, like how to quote something, right, or how to learn a new uh, process or procedure or whatever, and when it came to, to the profession, I had this Rolodex of people I could talk to that understood our language, right, because think yeah. about it, I, I, I talk about this a lot, we, we're kind of in a weird profession, like, you know, we have words like, you know, pixels and kerning and you know, um, alcoholism, all those things kind of, go together, <laughs> you know, and it's really, it's really valuable, but, um, that's what I really love about the show. And I, I, I talk a lot about connectedness because I feel that when we get to come together, right, there's something that really magical happens. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I shared this with you guys, but I want to try something new. You guys up for it? Oh yeah, we're done. Uh, okay. Go. So this is a live podcast and it's about design. What we want to do is you guys throw out a topic, a question or something about design, your career, et cetera. And we'll just have a conversation about that. How's that sound? All right. All right. Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to put like a clapping track and make it sound like we have thousands of people here. That's right. So we're we good. Have a clap we're track, good. a clap track. We're like, yeah, it's yeah. going to be amazing. So does anyone have a topic or something you want to throw out there and, and we'll start talking about it? That's a hot mic over there too, if you want it. If you, yeah. You know. Or you can scream it out and I'll repeat yeah. it. Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi, Jordan. Hello, Jordan. 
Um, so this, I guess, is kind of a, a tag part. So how do you find your people that you want to work with creativity, like in creativity? Because not everybody who's your friend should be your business partner. Not everybody who's your business partner should be your friend. Mm -hmm. So how do you find the people who are both or one or the other? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Wow, look, Jordan, come on the game. Wow, wow. yeah, that's great. That's a really great question. I'll take that one. Okay, go. Okay, so um, yeah, I've never, I've been self-employed, like I said, forever, and I never had a partner. Like TV, Probably was, TV was black and white when you started, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so funny. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, if this was an actual show, she would just told me to go F myself. I'd probably tell me to fuck yeah, off, yeah, but. Yeah. There it is, there it is. <laughs> and then yeah. I might edit right, it right, or right, might right, not. Right. But um, anyway, yeah, it's. But when Jamie and I met, it wasn't, it wasn't like naturally, oh, we should do this. Mm -hmm. But through the pandemic, we definitely started just supporting each other as friends. And then it was like, well, as she said, she had design work. I needed a writer. And it just kind of happened. But we have truly been lucky because mm -hmm. our sensibilities are similar but yet different and we seem to if she's having a bad day I'm usually having a good day and vice versa and if like we also both of us tend to work our butts off for a few for four or five days or maybe three days and say okay we're not talking you know no work for the next day don't bother me but we seem to be on the same schedule with that mm -hmm. so it's you know it's really really We've just gotten lucky. Yeah. But I think that you're, um, the type of people that you want to look for are people that respect you and respect your per you on the personal side before the business side. Yeah. So that, you know, because it's, it's usually the personal stuff that takes you down. Say what you usually say. What do I usually say? She doesn't want to work with assholes. No, oh, that's yeah. my number one rule. I think, should so, that be a life mantra? We that's should just, just yeah, a, yeah. That yeah. is my number yeah. one rule. Like, no working with assholes. I mean, I can yeah. be one, but not all the time. So, but everyone can, you right? Can be one, so, I know, I, yeah. She's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, hey, let's. But I, then I can call her out on it. Yeah. I which I have. Vaughn, Vaughn, are you still with us? Are you taking a nap? <laughs> I'm still here. You want to add anything to that? Yeah. Um, Immediately when um, Jordan, I think it was, posed the question, you know, I guess I would say you know yourself better than anybody else does. Uh, you know how your work or your services that you offer are going to benefit and who that demographic is that you normally work with. So I think it's important to if you plug into like a small business group in your area, wherever you live, or a professional organization, um, you're going to run into those people who, who could benefit from your services. So it's about making sure you define for them who you are and what you do, and don't let them guess about what you do. Um, it's too easy to assume that people just understand what a graphic designer even means. Um, I have people in my family, we just went to a wedding last week and, you know, I've been doing this for like 35 years and they've known that, but still they couldn't really define exactly what I do if I asked them. So, um, 
You draw I pictures. Never, you draw pretty pictures. Yeah, you're really <laughs> you good. You draw pretty pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I would say if you're engaged, let's say you go to a conference, whether it's how or some other conference, um, you know, get to know other people and what they do because that's the best way to understand um, how you would fit in. Like there's a lot of creative people I know that do animation, I don't, uh, but I have clients who need it. And so I can refer it to them and they refer back to me. Or if you're part of a business organization like a local rotary club or whatever, uh, there's gonna be a lot of business owners there. Some people understand marketing in general, some don't. But those are people you could approach and define what you do to them. So when it does come up, you know, they, they'll think about you. I love that. I also will say for someone who has tried this a couple of times and it hasn't worked, what I've really admired about the two of you that I think is really key is when you do find someone that you think you want to do that with, they should do something completely different than you, mm -hmm. number one. And number two, to Vaughn's point, I think you really have to understand a couple of things about yourself, your ego, uh, and are you okay collaborating? Like we're okay collaborating, like Vaughn said, like a lot of us, right? We'll work with another designer or work with another illustrator or, or whatever, and that feels like natural. But when you get to the point where money's involved and, life, and the life is involved, I mean, that shifts things, right? Yeah, I mean, you have, there's a lot of trust there, you know, because I do all the billing for the business. So, I mean, it's, it's just Ooh. all coming in. Yeah, no, but she trusts me when, because I'm honest. I mean, you got it. There, there is a certain amount. I mean, it's a trust leap when you jump into business with somebody and you're not used to doing that, you know, and we've had some bumpy, we're not sitting up here acting like everything is perfect because it is not, you know, and we're figuring it out on the fly. We're investing in systems. We're trying to get processes in place because it just doesn't work without that stuff. But I would say, while you're looking for somebody with different skills than you, I like that overlapping, um, you know, that you should have overlapping values and overlapping yeah. sensibilities and overlap. So like, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, Karen's a designer and I'm a writer. That's kind of lame, like to describe yourself like that. So one step further, we both love strategy. We like getting in our clients' heads. We like thinking about things. We're both like very intense thinkers. And then beyond that, we're hard workers. We go to work every day and we bring it. I mean, you have mm -hmm. to, you know, to make money. And then, you know, it's just, so, so we might do different things, but we don't do them differently. Right. Does that make any like sense? she does, like she does the finances, but I set up the system. <laughs> it's better that way. It's better. Technology it's better. and it's like it's better. I hate <laughs> the financial part of it. She's, I'm like, please do that. I'll do this, and I'm really good at setting up the systems. And but it took us so, two years to figure that out. So yeah, don't, we didn't just work. come in and we're like, you're doing that, and I'm doing yeah. this. Right. It was kind of like, like, like oh, in a job. You know? Just like in a, a, a regular job, having those defined roles is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Because like sometimes Jamie will want to go design something. I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Sometimes <laughs> two years ago, I do not step in that shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was firmly put in my place. <laughs> I just yeah. am like, that's pretty. That looks That good. would be unlike Karen to be so direct. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Does anyone have uh, next question? Someone has one. Yes, ma'am. Find your clients, like, I mean, I have, I have, like, to the point where you can support yourself. Oh, nice. That is a lot. That's 
that's a lot of levels there. Wouldn't we Bob, all like you, to know? Bob, did you hear that question? <laughs> I want to repeat. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll tell yeah. you in episode seven. <laughs> so the question was, uh, how do you find your clients? How do you maintain your clients? And how do you continue to grow the ideal type of clients so you don't work the asshole clients? I added something there for you. Is that about right? And then maintain yourself, right? All right. Maintain a living. Yeah. Who wants to jump on that one? Bond? I think Bond should take that one. Um, I can cover asshole clients. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's on a, he's uh, on a streak. <laughs> especially with uh, COVID starting in 2020, you know, I had a several, a handful of projects that were going good, COVID hit, and then all of a sudden, what should be easy decisions became overthinking decisions. And it sent three really good projects off the rails. And, um, I didn't really do anything wrong and I couldn't really control it after that. Um, and that's always frustrating. Now, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you already know that um, when it comes to kind of sales, sales, salesmanship or sales to land new clients, um, I, I can handle that pretty easy if they're coming to me and they understand what I already do. Um, what I'm not so good at is like introducing myself to somebody who I don't know and approaching them about that subject. Justin would be the king, in my opinion, for, for that kind of interaction. Um, I admire that uh, characteristic. It's kind of polar opposite of my comfort zone. Uh, so I know that's an area I need to work in um, still. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you kind of once you I think you have to have some bad clients in order to understand the the earmarks of what a bad client usually has in terms of characteristics um, I've noticed that and uh, the most recent example of this goes back in January and I, I knew immediately there was some red flags coming up and I chose to ignore it only for it later just to go south and so mm -hmm. I think you can develop your your second sense in terms of seeing potential problem clients and just avoiding them. Um, I know that's big on my radar now. So if it's something that I just don't feel right about, I just won't. I just won't do it. Yeah, I, I'll I'll jump in here. So I'm going to make it overly simple to start with because I think what happens is creative, sometimes we don't feel comfortable in that space. And so we make it overly complicated because we want to design the process and the assets and the touch points and that sort of thing. I th my first suggestion would be really understand the type of work you want to do. If you want to specialize in a particular service, like if you want to just do UX, UI design or motion design, or if you want to do brand design. And then is there a, a particular industry or industries that you want to really have uh, you know, a specialization in? First, that helps your finding the clients a lot easier, right? Because you have a certain type of uh, service you're providing or a certain type of industry you want to specialize niche, in. Yeah. Niche, yeah. From there, then there's a lot of different ways you can enter into that engagement. You can look at professional associations. So let's just say it's, uh, I don't know, uh, let's say it's healthcare, right? So you could find, you know, healthcare organizations, uh, uh, companies related to the healthcare industry, right? And you really start focusing your marketing uh, on those sorts of industries. And the more work you do in that industry, right, the more, the better story you can tell. And so for us, like when we started um, eons ago, 
we not as long as Karen, but um, we uh, we focus on certain types of work right out of the gate, right? So I I left the publishing company. I was a creative director. I started doing book publishing and doing all that sort of thing. And uh, 2001 happened, and a lot of publishers stopped printing books, and a lot of people got laid off. So suddenly, at my firm of at the time was five people. I'm going against these crazy great art directors that are now independent that can charge less because they don't need to charge as much as I did. Blah blah blah. blah. So we had to continue to evolve and tweak our positioning, right? And then to Vaughn's point, we created uh, a couple of processes, but I saw a great talk by Sean Adams and he had, he had three questions he asked himself before they decided to take on any business. One, would it be profitable? Two, would it be fun? Mm -hmm. And three, is it marketable? Meaning, can I do this job and it's gonna help me get other jobs? For them to even consider it, it had to be two out of the three. Ideally, it'd be three out of the three. And so we have a little version of that, that we, that we do. The fourth one is really, will this help us specialize more in a particular industry, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are, we wanna have two or three out of those um, to consider it. So I think that that is one spot. And then to Vaughn's point, we all have talked about red flags that show up. You can actually create, we, I, have, I give all my account teams some questions that they ask the clients that we start to engage with to checkpoint things right off. Like, it's how is this approval process going to go? I mean, things that you would probably guess, you know, what is this timeline? Have you used agencies in the past, right? Do you have a budget? And we kind of go through all those things. And once we get through that, then we start really leaning into uh, the work. But if some of those things are no's or not sure's, uh, then I would run. But everyone on this, I, everyone I, on this I, table, I, everyone on this table has ignored the red flags and uh, been like shit. But we have, but I have another one to add to that because I think that there's, um, Jamie and I do a lot of corporate work and I've always done a lot of corporate work, meaning I work with marketing or we work with marketing managers that have a budget, have, um, and have some sort of idea about what they want to do. And what we find is if we go in and start working with them and they like working with us, it's consistent work, long-term work. Mm -hmm. I mean, the goal, in my opinion, has uh, the goal to, and the way to success as a small company, an independent company is, um, you know, getting those long-term patrons. I think it was Paula Shear years ago in a How conference. She said, find your patrons, find the people that like you and want to work with you and really support you as a business person. And, you know, I've had clients that have lasted for years and years and years and years. And then I've also had real shit clip show shop clients that are like, okay, you're an asshole. I, even after seven years of working with them, we're not doing this anymore. But then, you know, you learn to manage and figure it out. But I agree with Justin that 
finding that niche about the type of like I did a lot of uh, financial services work for a long time and then there's been computer type work for software development and now Jamie and I are finding our niche a lot of it to like I tend to be real I get really as a designer into the technical nitty-gritty I love working with engineers manufacturers and manufacturers we have a steel client right now that I'm drawing Stairs, <laughs> how to build stairs with steel. Wow, that sounds amazing. It actually so is exciting. super Ron impressive. I, can we help? I can build your deck. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> but can I just jump yeah. in for a second? Because so, the voice, like, just real quick, it depends on what stage in your career you are and where you want to go next. So you're you are going to take work that sucks and you are going to work with people that sucks because you have rent i don't remember who said that one of the speakers oh terry, I think it's terry. You, know, I, yeah. you have rent so you have to think about paying your bills taking care of your family you know taking care of yourself all of those things come first so yeah. you can't just jump out of the gate and be like i'm a corporate mark i'm gonna go do this and this hey. is my client because you are going to have to find your way and i didn't know what i wanted to do when i left my corporate marketing job i left suddenly with zero plan and i don't recommend that to anybody because it <laughs> sucked and it was a year of just being weird you know and lots i of, was lots trying of booze too yeah, no I was... <laughs> maybe yeah. you're so, thinking of me yeah, yeah my bad my bad okay. my other half yeah. here but but i i just i want to challenge you to just not skip ahead because those steps that you take and that shitty work that you are going to take is going to make you grow and whether yeah. it's in-house or for yourself or a side gig or whatever it is let it suck a little bit because you learn so much. And if you are in-house, let it suck there because it's not your bill, right? Mm -hmm. So you're just working for someone else. You're getting right. a check but and you just, you go to work and it's okay. But inside be thinking, how do I get out of this hellscape? How do I get to the next thing? Who can I meet? Who can I grow with? Who thinks like me enough, but differently that I can, you know, you should, I mean, you guys should all connect after the show. Right. I mean, it's really, it's you, about you know who each other, you know. but you should, you know? I mean, it's who you know that when I first went freelance or independent, it was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> she said that, so I didn't get in there. Did you so see just that? Shut yeah, up, yeah. Justin. Okay. Right. But <laughs> I think I was, I was 29 <laughs> years old. I had, I was, um, I had my, I, I was married at the time that, and with, so there was a second income there and, and, but one of the things I knew was I had all these printer reps that knew me, I knew them, and I had a feeling I could count on them to refer me. And I instantly got a job, well, probably a month and a half at a firm that it was a large marketing firm in Detroit area. And I worked there freelance for two and a half years, tripled my income instantly. But that was just, I, but I just met people and met people and met people. And over the years, a lot of the work has been one person working at one place, they get a job, they somewhere else, and they kind of take me with them. Mm -hmm. Or I still do freelance for the guy I worked with at my very first job when I was 19 years old. And I still do freelance for another firm in town in Detroit. Shut up. 
I just was wondering that. I can't believe that guy's still alive. That's amazing. He's seven years older than me. All right. All right. He's seven years older than me, and he's still working it. Uh, he's, he works out. You work. All right. Next question. Next question. Next question. There was one over here. My man. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to almost be a jack of all trades or possibly be involved in your skill set. Give any advice on kind of drawing the line. It's so like, was it healthy enough to push yourself? Yeah. Vaughn, so the question is, there's a lot of pressure, it feels like these days, to kind of be a jack of all trades or, or know all the skills or the latest things, right? And yeah. what what are some thoughts or advice on, you know, uh, managing. yeah, managing that, that sort of thing? You want to jump in there? Sure. Um, you know, when I started my own business, I thought I needed to be a web developer. And and at the time, Flash was the latest. And so I spent time learning how to code, do action scripting. And, and even though I did it, I really didn't like doing it. It just, it was too, I like detail-oriented work, but it went way beyond that. And so over the years, I realized what I really enjoyed doing. And that's what became the services that we offer. Um, but I meet people that can do web, can do animation. A lot of people think, well, you should animate a lot of the artwork that I do create. And I'm like, I understand that. And um, maybe at some point I'll learn how, but I really would rather just create assets and provide it to an animator. And so I have a mm -hmm. whole little network of people who are web developer specialists or they do animation or copywriters and so when those things are needed um you know i'll push it to them i'd rather just art direct them because ultimately it's going to be it's going to be better because they're more skilled in that than i am um i don't do any publication design i've i've worked on exactly one project using indesign and that was just to fake it to show how you could use something and place it in InDesign. So, um, but I have a friend who lives here, who lives locally, his name's Josh, and he does book design and magazine design. And so I just work with him whenever I need it. So um, back when I first started my business, there weren't a lot of people that did user interface icons. So I learned how to do that and it was fun. But the icons that are the hardest to create, ironically, are 16 by 16 pixels. And I sucked at it because it's more of a science than it is art. So I just hired my friend Brian, who lives in Alabama, to do those icons and ultimately just started farming out all the icon work to him. And I just art directed it and helped him come up with ideas. So um, if you can do that, then all you have to do is quote a project, work in the budget to pay whoever you're going to hire, and you can grow your business that, that way. That's you're, how I. Oh, sorry, that's true. No, excuse no, me. No, I was going to say, and if you're worried about losing the work because you're giving away money, you're not. You're making more money. And um, Karen and I have talked about scaling and, and, and trying to figure out, do we want to grow? Do we want to stay the same? We really have a good vibe and we're just like not really in a position. To, we're like at the cusp, right? Where you have to make a game time decision. But what we do is we leverage partners. So um, I got really swamped with writing work. I'm really not enjoying all the writing work right now. It's just not my head is not there. I want to do strategy. I'm, I want to mentor. I'm thinking about all these other things. 
So I have a junior writer, she's excellent. And I just called her up and we had a conversation and got some rates together and figured out what she likes to do. And her writing is excellent. You know why? Because she has joy in it and she is excited and she wants the work and she's trying to grow her business. So by helping someone else, you're actually helping yourself. And we've gotten more business because she started doing the writing for us. It, it helps us move on to other projects where we can leverage our strengths at a different level yeah and let me answer let me answer your question a little differently so uh at, at my agency we do brand work and we do a lot of the brand touch points and so i think this is what you're alluding to so a lot of my designers need to be able to design logos brand guides do motion do ux ui do uh um you know different types of you know uh social design environmental design and we also do print so wow. I have a lot of my designers come to me and say, hey, I want to get better at UX UI. I want to get better at motion. I want to get better at this. And one of the challenges I'm having is, you know, you can hire, I can hire designers that maybe have a couple specialties and I can see power in that, right? And then, but it's really great as a small business is if I have some creatives that can do a variety of those things fairly well. So I think the your question is really in some ways a tough one because you know depending on what kind of place you want to work mm -hmm. really probably should lead where you want to lean into your skill sets so for example i've lost a couple great creatives this year because they wanted to focus more on ux ui and digital design and i get it it's not going away it's only going to grow and all that sort of thing and i had a couple of them come back to me and say wow I went to this agency where I'm doing digital design, but I'm also doing all this other design because I'm like the only one there that can do it. And I found that really interesting. So I, I, I really think that I've never believed that having a variety of skills is a bad thing, but I understand it's often tough to figure out where to focus. So I would say depends on where you work, right? And I think I don't hear the conversations much anymore when people interview with me that they say, all I want to do is print design. I don't know if anyone, Bill, you remember like people See, used to come interview and say, all I don't want to do is print design. And that doesn't happen much anymore. And I actually see the opposite. I see people that have only done like web and motion. And I ask them if they've ever opened InDesign. They're like, ah, uh, no. So it's really interesting. So I, I, I hear you. I, I think it's really a balance to, to figure some of that out. <laughs> See. I I, I tend to do everything. I am that designer that, and, but the thing is, I love learning the different apps. I like kind of want to, it's like, I want to know how to do this. Plus you're really good at that. Like that. I'm really you, that technically you, yeah, good at yeah. it. It's like, I said in one of the early sessions, I'm a total app whore. Yeah, you are. <laughs> we love the apps. We love to know how they work, how they can make our job better. It's fun. Yeah. I like, I think I'll be, 80 years old and still playing with apps. I like where Vaughn and Jamie both have the mentality of delegating the work. I'm kind of a bad delegator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry, did I, I said it out loud. Okay. I was thinking yeah, it, yeah. it came out. All right, who's, <laughs> who's got the next question? Make time to come together yeah, yeah, no, it's a great. So the question, Vaughn, was do do we the four of us come together or is it currently virtual right now? And uh, to date, this is the first time we've been together in a room since 
uh, you know, COVID and obviously Vaughn's not here, but since 2019. Yeah. But one of the things we talked about here was that, Hey, why don't we get together and do some shows together in person, at different locations and connect mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And so I'm excited about that. Cause I think there's something again, like I said, magical about being in person and uh, it's fun to kind of mess with each other. As you can tell that it happens a lot. Um, and it'll probably be even more fun uh, in person. Well, you I get think. closer, right? I mean, yeah. you can see each other's faces for real. The screen puts a divide between you that is just, I I mean, I get really tired of it, honestly. Like, I don't mean to be like that. It's not a negative. It's just, I, I'm tired. It's screen yeah. fatigue is real. And so Karen and I, you know, back in the fall, we were really missing each other and we were really missing the connection and, and our work was struggling a little bit just because we felt distant and we weren't making time to have weekly calls like we did in the beginning when everybody was like, we're connecting. Yeah, we're and Zoom, especially yeah. our work for our business right. player brand strategy. And so that was back in the fall, we rented a tiny house. We met in Tennessee. It was just the two of us. We brought groceries in. We, you know, took care of each other. We made sure we were okay with seeing each other face to face. And we hugged and we cried. And when we left, it was like, we felt bonded again and mm -hmm. the work got better again. So then in March, she called me up and she said, I'm flying down there. Like, do you just, you know, make I time for down. me? Or that, yeah, I'm driving down there. And she drove 14 hours to be there. But I mean, that's how you know someone's committed to you, right? Is they're willing to go the distance. But we spent another lovely weekend together, drinking, hanging out, having fun. But during the day, we were serious as shit. Like we had like, we had- She had a list of, like, for me to do, you wouldn't believe. And we didn't always work on the same thing, but we worked together and it felt But with good. the vodka and tonic next to us. <laughs> Give away all the secrets. secrets yeah. <laughs> but it was good, you know, it was good. And I do miss Vaughn very much. Like yes. seeing him on the street, it's like, he should be here. It makes my heart ache. You He'll know? be in here, he will we're be. we're doing it. He will be in now. Nashville. Yeah, he doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Even if yeah. we have to go get him. I'm gonna go drag him yeah. out of Portland. You bet. Bill Gardner, question. How, how much is it nice to be perky bartender in Athens, Georgia <laughs> taco shop? It's first, it's the taco stand. Bill is asking about stripper glitter again and Athens, Georgia bartending. Look, I've done a ton of different jobs. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went to school. I wanted to be a teacher. You can laugh. It's okay. Cause I, I would, I would have been miserable at it. And at that time there was actually, if you can believe too many. So at UGA, they sent out letters to everyone that was in that major. And they were like, you might want to choose something else. Cause you're not going to get a job. It's too competitive. And I was like, well, that sucks. I mean, that's what I wanted to do since I was 10, you know, and all of a sudden you know, she presents me with this list of, of things and I'm like, what's this? And it was interpersonal communications. I'm like, so I talk, That's <laughs> yay, you know, a job where I talk. But um, so I studied that, but then I went, I, I graduated. I didn't go make a formal, you know, job. I went and I worked retail and management. I busted my ass. I mean, it was fun and I learned sales there, mm -hmm. you know? And then when I wanted to stop doing that, because I had my son and it felt like time to get a normal job, which I hate when people say that, but at eight, you know, where I could be home with my family, because that was very important to me to not strand my husband there all day, you know, with the chaos. And I went to a temp agency because I didn't have any formal professional experience, right? And the temp agency placed me with Nina, uh, Nina Paper, they were here. And, um, and I was a temp worker there. 
And we joke because I stayed there for 12 years and I got promoted and promoted and promoted. They hired me and then I busted my ass there. They created a position and it just, it became something, you know, so you don't always know what you want to do. So yes, I bartended at the taco stand in Athens, Georgia. <laughs> and I mistakenly told Bill my stories about game day. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about being in person when you're with Bill Gardner, you don't want to tell him too much. Yeah, he's like yeah. sneaky shit. Over he there. will yeah, use it on you for years, I think. But just it's okay not to know what you want to do is my point. And, yeah. and, and but I then think that's she was the marketing manager you know? for Nina Paper for how many years? 12 years. Yeah. So that's how we all got to know Jamie at how. $1,600 a night. <laughs> I did. Yeah. 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 The Olympics came to Atlanta in 96. And check out this scam real quick. Do we have time for it? This is such a scam. Quick. Yeah. So we're up in Athens. The soccer is going to be in Athens, right? And I had a restaurant gig up there. So I worked the first part of the Olympics when the soccer was there in Athens and made a ton of money. And then we found these three English guys. This is before the internet was really a thing, by the way. I mean, this was like, you know, I don't even know what was word of mouth. We trusted these guys to come stay in our apartment. They paid us like $2,400 for five days, right? And my parents paid my rent. So I didn't, you know, it was like, oh, okay. And then we drove down to Georgia Tech and we worked at a, at a like a beer garden there. We made so much money. I don't know where any of it went. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was like so irresponsible and stupid, but that's what I'm saying. It's okay to just not know. Go where your path takes you and be open to it. I love it. I love it. All right. We got time for one more question. Who wants to help us close out the show? Anything about your job, design, stripper glitter, Vaughn, whatever. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan, you're opening and closing. I love it. How much? Passion projects play a part in your guys' lives, and is it a business endeavor that is your work in progress passion project or Got it. So Vaughn, uh, uh, do you have passion projects? If you do, uh, are they something you just do to um, exercise that muscle or work on something you're passionate about, and or is it a setup for a next potential pivot? Is that um, correctly? I, I balance both, you know, my studio work with clients, and then I kind of fit in between. Whenever I have some downtime, I can move over to whatever the latest passion project, if you want to title it that, uh, to work on. Usually it's just based off something I want to do for no other reason than I want to do it. And um, all last year, I did that for the entire year, every day, doing a little graphic and posting it. Uh, ended up creating 374 pieces of art, and um, I'll never do it again because it got, <laughs> got, to, got to be a little stressful. But I think it's always good to have a side project just personally that you're working on. And, and that way, it, it allows you to explore maybe a type of project you wouldn't get hired to do normally, mm -hmm. or you're trying uh, to work in a different uh, format or genre, and it's a good way to grow. And um, it also allows you to fail because if you fail, nobody's gonna know about it. So um, I think it's always a good way to um, kind of flex your creative muscles and develop your skills 
in a way that maybe your employer, or if you run your own business, your clients aren't really giving you the opportunity um, to do. One of the best piece of advice I ever got was from an illustrator called Craig Frazier based out of San Francisco. I was sitting next to him at a conference and he had a book he just published with his work in it. And I'm looking at the book I'm going, oh, this is cool. Who'd you do this for? And he goes, I didn't. I just did that for myself. And I ended up saying that like three separate times. And each one was just something he did for himself. And after the third time, he looks at me and he goes, Vaughn, you get the work you show. And that made a huge impact on me because I just always assume up until that point um, that it's client work that I should show. But now that's, I, I show anything that I think um, is professional and looks good, I show because you never know who's gonna see it. Yeah, we, we have uh, passion projects that we do that have a couple of different categories to them. So uh, we'll have a studio passion project that people are really you know, either excited about or wanna explore. Uh, so one day at uh, team kickoff, we were just talking about the war in Ukraine. And an hour later, we're still talking about it. And so we did a, a little campaign to create, uh, you know, um, uh, something that would get people educated about the war and, and different uh, places on the ground that were doing work. And then we also did like a little poster project to raise money and send it all to Ukraine. So you can go to Ukraine Matters to Us and check that out. But what happened is that brought us all together as a team. And then we've also done pro passion projects to your question earlier about how to find clients, keep clients, get clients. We will do passion projects to, to really lean into what Vaughn just said. And I had someone say, you basically catch what you fish for, right? And so we do work that really allows us an opportunity to show that work if we don't have those clients that type of work and it gets us in the door and we have great conversations about it. So uh, we do it actually in all those categories that you highlighted. And then sometimes we just do it because we want to make impact in the world. And that really gives us the soul food that sometimes you'll get through a season of just doing a lot of boring work, um, which is great work because it's paying the bills, but it's just not, there's something about it that's not feeding that space that you really need to, to have um, met. And so that's when we'll do some work too. Yeah. 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 And I, um, I can do art. I get away from the computer. And I uh, do watercolor and embroidery Beautiful. inside my watercolors. And for me, it's a meditative. I think we talk about that in one of our you do amazing art, episodes. by the way. Mm -hmm. Thank She's you. being really modest. But and I and I do I, iPad artwork. I mean, I I'm just addicted to you know making marks and just mindlessly going there and not doing something for clients. I feel I have an opinion of client work as, you know, it's client work. It's not, you know, it's not going to, it's paying bills, but it's, you know, I try, I, I try to make it the best I it can in everything. And, and make, as if my main goal is the client is happy and it has moved forward there sales mm -hmm. because that's what my job is i am not somebody who i've never once put and i know you guys have but i've never once submitted anything to a um, award show or anything like that that's not where i get my 
skill as a designer. But I, it's like I like making greeting cards. I like making artwork. And so that's where I get my creative uh, juices going. So I like it. Yeah. Love it. And then I know Jamie yeah. is a writer. So my mom passed away from early onset Alzheimer's in 2017, which was sort of the catalyst for leaving that corporate job behind. And I felt like, I mean, literally pushing papers around was not enjoyable at all or fulfilling. And I felt like I was letting down my team by, you know, staying there and taking a position from someone who could really make an impact and have that passion, you know, so I just left. But what I did when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, because I didn't know I wanted to be a writer. I didn't know that I was going to write. I um, wanted to turn, you know, my grief into support for other families who are going through similar things. So I reached out to the Alzheimer's Association in Georgia and um, told them my skill sets. And they called me in a half an hour later and they were like, hi, you want to write for our blog? And I was like, I guess, you know, and I, I, it wasn't paid. It was volunteers just to kind of like, you know, get the wheels working again because I was stunned and I couldn't move forward. So like she was saying, you to do something to move forward. I began interviewing um, people who were either in in the middle of losing someone or who had just lost somebody. Gosh, that's tragic. Right. But what it did is it, it healed me because I kept telling their stories and I learned, oh my gosh, I'm a good storyteller. And these people are telling me their stories, but what was more rewarding than that, because it wasn't about me, was getting the call after or the text after or the email after when it went live on the blog and people would be like, thank you. Like it's permanence, right? So I created some sort of permanence for their family. It was honoring them and in a way honoring my mom because it was, you know, no one did that for me and I'm not sore or sad about that. It's just you know, I blogged my whole mom's story the entire time that she was sick. I'm probably seen it on Facebook and people would send me direct messages and be like, thank you for sharing these things because it's really important. And I kind of forgot people were listening because I was just getting it off my chest. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, and I'm not trying to end it on this depressing note because it's not. Tragedy can become your biggest friend if mm -hmm. you like embrace it. So I dove into the dark comedy humor like anything to just you know raise myself up but now it's like I'm doing something even better you know and changing lives and helping people that's all wonderful but it's but like I have changed her life <laughs> yeah this conference sure. has changed yeah. my life if you let it it can change your life you know so we are very fortunate you know oh I forgot Vaughn Vaughn you're yeah. still here you're all quiet he's yeah. such a good listener um I just wanted I just wanted to mention one thing make sure to check out Karen's uh, course on LinkedIn Learning for drawing in Procreate. It's really good. And you can see, I I should watch it because I've been wanting to learn Procreate, but I haven't gotten around to it. Wait but, a second, Vaughn, you haven't watched the course yet? We've all watched no, it. I, I'm no, not I even watched, a designer. I watched, and I watched her it. course, but <laughs> I haven't used Procreate to that degree yet. Um, but I, I and Vaughn has all sorts of courses. So. I like that Karen has a course like that because the best people to teach are the people that are passionate about what they do. And um, I saw a post by Chris Doe this morning and he had a great quote in it. He said, if you're not afraid of giving away your secrets, mm -hmm. you're not giving away enough. And I thought that was really insightful in regards mm -hmm. to, you know, if you're gonna pursue something because you're interested in it, whether or not it applies to a client or not, um, uh, share the process. People love it. 
And that's um, a great way to inspire yourself and uh, equip other people to do their best work. Thank uh -huh. you, Vaughn. Thanks, Vaughn. But yeah. we should talking about, mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody sharing their process, Vaughn, how many, how many LinkedIn learning courses have you done? It's, it's just amazing. If, so if you work in Illustrator, he is the go-to for learning how to use it right properly, make beautiful work. And, By the way, I just yeah. before we close, I got to tell a funny story that will embarrass Vaughn. And that's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> so we went to, a, we went to South by Southwest together and it was me, Vaughn and Stefan Mumau. And we were going through uh, um, uh, like a American greetings yes. booth, right? Yeah, I know he's doing it. He, but this one's true. And we're sitting there and we're talking and, you know, if you know Stefan, you know, he's like 82 feet tall. And so he stands out and we're talking and then um, Vaughn says something. And then all the designers run over to like, are you Vaughn Glitchka? I recognize your voice. And of course, the whole weekend we're like, oh, Vaughn, are you Vaughn Glitchka? You recognize your voice. <laughs> but I tease him, but his courses are phenomenal. And um, I'm grateful for that friendship and that he still is my friend, even though I abuse him as much as possible. Um, wait, thank you everyone for coming. This is our first live attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. And uh, we're going to continue to work on this. We'd love any feedback, and uh, we'll probably do some episodes in, in Nashville. And <laughs> yeah, just let me know. Just, just, yeah. just keep in mind if you email Justin, you'll just get an auto reply saying <laughs> Justin's not in the office. <laughs> Every single time. Uh, that actually awesome. might be true. Bye, Vaughn. Bye, Bonnie. See you later. <laughs> Thank you, guys. There we go. Thank you. So fun.